There's a war on for the soul of America, an ideological, political, and spiritual war. Will America abandon her place as a last beacon of hope in an ever-darkening world? Or will she rise again and lead the world into a new era of freedom and prosperity? I am your host, Phil Hotzenpeller, and this is American Faith Battleground. kind of global loyalty and global identity. We are in the process of becoming gods. And the big question that faces us in the coming decades is what to do with our new godlike powers. All right, Thrive Nation, uh, as, as, as we are going through this great reset uh, together, uh, for better or worse, we're going through it. Um, from a biblical perspective, I have found, from a Christian perspective, I have found that the Great Reset, living through this, has been very uh, affirming to me, uh, knowing that the Bible is real. It's wild to me that the prophecies that were written thousands of years ago are actually coming to fruition. However, it's also very alarming to me uh, because I think I'm a, a rational human uh, who has a brain that works uh, most of the time, and I feel as though um, it could be a little overwhelming. And so I want to introduce you folks to a character that you need to know as it relates to the Great Reset, and then I'm going to tap into Pastor Phil Hotzenpiller's wisdom. Pastor Phil Hotzenpiller is the founder of Influence Church in uh, Anaheim, California, the, the only church willing to host a uh, Reawaken America tour initially. They're also the great connection that connected us to Awaken Church in San Diego for the Reawaken America tour. Also, he's the founder of AmericanFaith.com. It's, it's a wonderful news website. If you haven't been to AmericanFaith.com, imagine going to a non-Big uh, Pharma-controlled Fox News. I'll pull it up on the screen here. It's where you can go to get the news from a Christ-focused uh, perspective. And with that being said, uh, Pastor Phil, welcome on to the Thrive Time Show. How are you, sir? Oh, thank you so much, Clay. Still uh, just reeling from the, uh, in a good way, from the uh, Reawaken San Diego. What a great event. Epoch Times did an unbelievably great article without yeah. bias. So uh, congratulations on that one. Well, I appreciate you, brother. I'm on Duval Noah Harari's website. I'm going to hold this up to the camera briefly here. Uh, for anybody out there that doesn't know, uh, the, the Great Reset is what we're living through. So if you're, if you're out there and you're going, why is there medical fraud? Why is there election fraud? Why is there religious fraud? Why is there monetary fraud? Why is there hyperinflation? Why are we talking about forced vaccination? It's called the Great Reset. It's a plan. Uh, it would be like an Antichrist handbook. Uh, it's the exact opposite of free will and uh, goodness, the, the, the good things that God intended for your life. This is, uh, Klaus Schwab wrote this book. It's called COVID-19, The Great Reset. His top advisor is Yuval Noah Harari. Yuval Noah Harari. So I'm on his website, the top advisor for Klaus Schwab. Yuval Noah Harari. The guy that Barack Obama, the author that Barack Obama says everybody needs to know more about. His name is Yuval Noah Harari. And this guy, again, he's the top advisor. And if you go to his website, which is yinharari.com, yinharari.com, this guy, I'm just going to read you the, the quote here, Pastor Phil, on his website. It says, history began when humans invented gods and will end when humans become gods. Uh, Phil, what's wrong with that? 
Well, I, I mean, I think for the, uh, even for the casual uh, person uh, that is introduced to Christianity, everything is wrong with that. Because number one, we're, we're eliminating God completely. Um, coming from a Jewish um, baseline that he is, it's even more shocking because we know that God created man in his image. And, uh, and we see that we're fearfully and wonderfully made according to Psalm 139. So why is he pushing this agenda? And well, this is what you call an antichrist spirit. Okay. I'm not saying he's the antichrist. Keep that in mind. Yep. An antichrist spirit. And Paul said in Thessalonians that many antichrists will come preceding the one antichrist. So this is the teaching of antichrist we hear from him. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to play just a couple sound clips and we're going to hop into seven things you need to know from a biblical perspective here. So I'm going to click on my fancy uh, screen share button. Uh, I, I just, I am, I hate to over uh, compliment myself, but I'm getting really good at clicking that button. I mean, there's, there's a lot of people out there that click, but man, I, okay. So we go here, we pull up, this is Dr. Yuval Noah Harari, and uh, he's on 60 Minutes. Listen to this sick freak, this guy, Dr. Yuval Noah Harari, the top advisor for Klaus Schwab, folks. Someone says, why do you mention his name so much? It's because he's the top advisor steering the ship. Okay, listen to this guy. Here we go. It's also YouTube. Here we go. It's called... What we have seen so far, it's corporations and governments collecting data about where we go, who we meet, what movies we watch. The next phase is the surveillance going under our skin. I'm wearing a... a okay, so the next step is surveillance under the skin. Listen to him again. He's doing another conversation. This guy's on fire. Listen go, to this guy. You all know her here we go. Very soon people will walk around with biometric sensors on or even inside their bodies and will allow uh, Google or Facebook or the Chinese government or whoever to constantly monitor what's happening inside my body. He says that we're going to put biometric uh, tools inside our body and then we're going to we'll put biometric sensors inside our bodies. And he says, Phil, we're going to let Google and Facebook and China or the government, the Chinese government, or whoever, whoever to monitor us 24-7. He goes on, this guy, I'm telling you, this guy is, is uh, truly uh, uh, the worst. Listen to this guy. Here he is again. He's doing, a speaking, uh, he's doing a speech. Here we go. We need some kind of global loyalty. And glo we need global loyalty, he says. Global identity. A global identity. Let's back it up. Here he goes again. We need some kind of global loyalty and global identity. Oh, that's great. Thank you, Dr. Yuval Noah Harari. He goes on, this guy, he, he can't stop himself. He is absolutely feeling the flow. Listen to this guy. He's talking about God now, just coming after God, you know, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Listen to this guy. Here he goes. There is no such thing as free will. Science is familiar with just two kinds. There's no such thing as free will. Listen to this. But there is no more truth to free will than there is to heaven and hell. And as for feelings, there yeah. is no more true. Listen, listen to this guy. Here he is. And humans have invented heaven and hell. Humans, humans have invented have... hell. We'll back it up again. Here he goes again. Humans have invented. Humans have invented God. And humans have invented heaven and hell. And humans have in invented free will. But there is no more truth to free will. He says humans have invented God. Humans have invented free will. Uh, he talks about how we need a, an antivirus that goes inside the human brain. He says that feelings are the ultimate uh, are the ultimate source of authority, and these are all clips, folks. If you go to Rumble.com and you search for Thrive Time Show, you can find this. And perhaps the the 
finest uh doctor you've all know her already clip i found so far and phil i've watched hours of footage to get ready for today's show so here we go listen to this guy final clip already today we have the technical ability to start redesigning humanity since we have technology to redesign humanity now listen to this guy here he goes and yeah. uh to, to create really inorganic entities oh and now if you give the tools here he goes to start changing or overcoming biology here it is just you know think about sex life mm -hmm. almost every religion and every ideology wanted to really change uh human sexuality or limit it but they couldn't you had vows of chastity in the church and how many people actually lived up to the vows of chastity now think if you can really start messing with human biology what will be the result of these sexual fantasies of different religions and ideologies okay phil i almost vomited in my mouth but that's the guy steering the ship i mean this is not some rando that i'm just deciding to uh, attack or bring up or expose phil what are your thoughts on that well let's look at kind of what he's saying and where he's coming from and then let's try to lay that over the biblical account of characteristics of antichrist okay so and here's some characteristics so he will speak boastfully the antichrist that's daniel chapter 7 verse 8 revelation chapter 13 and verse 5 so what we hear here is a characteristic of antichrist boastfully speaking uh, next, he will blaspheme God, Daniel chapter 7, verse 25, Daniel chapter 11, verse 36, Revelation chapter 13. Oh, wait, so you said, you said Daniel verse 7, what now? Okay, so he will blaspheme the name of God, Daniel 7, 25, yep. 11, 36, and again in Revelation 13, 5, he will slander God's name. God's dwelling place, and he will slander Christians, Revelation 13, 6. Okay? Yeah. He will oppose the saints of God. That is, he's going to oppose all those who are faithfully following after God. All right? He will, he will try to change the calendar, perhaps to find a new era related to himself, Daniel 7, 25. Okay, so let me uh, go through the checklist briefly of what I know to be true. I know that he says here he's going to change the calendar. Uh, I know he has actually said this. Let me let me uh, let me find it real quick here. Why do I know these things? He has. Uh, you've all know Harari. He has said he is going to change the calendar. So let me find it here. Uh, almost there. Stay on target, folks. Stay on target. Okay. Here here it is. Okay. Here we go. I'll let me hit uh, share screen. I know he says he wants to change the calendar. I know that's his thing. Okay, here we go, right here. And uh, here we go. Backing it, back it up, here we go. Oh, everything is being monitored to also do good reform. Here it is. This is an opportunity beings on a massive scale. Yeah, I mean, everything is being digitalized. Everything is being monitored. In this time of crisis, you have to follow science. It's often said that you should never allow a good crisis to go to waste. And then he goes on to explain, listen to this. And identify, you know, people could look back in a hundred years and identify the coronavirus epidemic as the moment when a new regime of surveillance 
took over, especially surveillance under the skin. And he did an interview with uh, Natalie Portman where he explained that Christianity has done so much damage that really it doesn't have a place moving forward. This is his contention. I mean, this is, I feel this is. Well, um, you know, you know what would be great? Why don't we just do away with every institution that Christianity established? We'll start with Harvard. We'll go to Brown. We'll go to Princeton. We'll just knock off all the Ivy League store uh, uh, universities. Then we'll knock off the American Red Cross or the Red Cross International because it was started by Christians. Then let's go ahead and just kind of work our way through all the hospitals <clears throat> that have established that. And then let's erase every Christian who's ever found something like Pasteur or name it whoever you want. Just wipe them off the history because that's really what he's saying. So here's what Daniel 7.25 says. He shall speak pompous words against the Most High. He shall persecute the saints of the Most High. He shall intend to change times and law. Then the saints shall be given into his hand for a time and time and a half. So we see this is characteristic of Antichrist. So he will also try to change the laws. We see that. Um, and, and as you go kind of walk through characteristics, it would almost be enlightening to take every clip and attach a scripture to it and saying and call him the forerunner of the Antichrist, just like John the Baptist was the forerunner of Jesus Christ. You can actually line up everything he's saying here. Romans chapter one is a great commentary because it says that when ungodly men suppress the truth in unrighteousness, okay, that God gives them up to a base mind. And one of the things they do is they change the view of sexuality. That's in Romans 1. I think Romans 1 is actually a great uh, chronology of the history of the de-evolution of man. Uh, let's do this real quick here. Um, this was on the Candace Owens show. Hey, that stuff glows under the skin and you can see whether someone's been vaccinated or not. Here we go. Well, you can see that this is glowing. Glowing. Okay, so take us, take me back to chemistry, a chemistry class that I wasn't paying attention to in high school. What kind of a chemical could glow? Because have you ever seen a chemical before that's coming through Pfizer that's Never. glowed before? This is a one. Lucifer, we got three, okay? And he was a cherubim who fell. All right. So what we do is we call him now by many names. He's called by uh, Satan, Lucifer, the devil, you name it, probably more than 20 different names in scripture he's identified with. And so it talks about and the intelligent design of our clouds, the IBM cloud, the Google cloud, they will be the driving forces of evolution. And at the same time, life is about to break out of the limited organic realm and start spreading into the vastness of the inorganic realm. We are about to create the first inorganic life forms after four billion years of evolution. And in the process, our own species, Homo sapiens, is likely to disappear, not because we will destroy ourselves, but because we will change and upgrade ourselves into something very different. In a century or two, Earth will probably be dominated by entities that are far more different from us than we are different from Neanderthals or from chimpanzees. Today, we still share 
with Neanderthals and chimpanzees, most of our bodily structures, of our physical abilities, and of our mental faculties, our hands, our eyes, our brains, our social relations, our emotions, they are very similar to those of other apes and other mammals. But within a century or two, the combination of artificial intelligence and bioengineering will create completely new bodily and physical and mental traits. Here he goes. That completely break from the hominid and mammalian mold. Consciousness itself might be disconnected from any organic structure, or alternatively, we might see the decoupling of intelligence from consciousness. And Earth will be dominated by entities that are super intelligent, but completely non-conscious. Highly intelligent computer programs that have no minds, no feelings, no emotions. So really, humankind is about to gain divine powers of creation. We are in the process of becoming gods. Uh oh And the big question that faces us in the coming decades is what to do with our new godlike powers. Okay, uh, Phil, what did he just what of what did he just say is uh, most alarming to you? Well, I think, first of all, I, I think he cancels out his thoughts because he's already admitted that man is inferior and not capable of thinking. And he demonstrates clearly that he lacks that ability to, to think uh, in, a, in an intelligent manner. So I, I think, first of all, his inferiority is obvious. He's claiming Godhead. Uh, this is exactly what Lucifer did in Isaiah 14 and Ezekiel 28. Um, so he really doesn't believe in any God except for himself. This is a characteristic as we go back. Uh, key uh, scripture here is Daniel 11, 37. Uh, three things come to mind out of that scripture. Uh, number one, he shall not, not regard the God of his fathers. Okay, so he's talking in a Jewish context. So he's denying uh, his, he's, his, he's Israeli, he's Jewish. So he's denying the God of his fathers. Secondly, it says of the Antichrist, he will not desire women. So we are either going to have to assume he's celibate or he's homosexual. And how, how and do you know three, he doesn't desire women? Where, where do you get that? That's uh, uh, Daniel eleven thirty seven. I love that you know that. Okay, getting back to you. Okay. Nor he, will he regard any God. So he's denying Godhead altogether. And then it says he shall exalt himself above, above all others. Well, that's exactly what he's doing. He's exalting himself. So let's go back, walk through one short verse, tells you everything you need to know. He shall re regard neither the God of his fathers. Okay, so they denying the Jewish faith, nor shall he desire women nor shall he regard any God. So he's eliminating Godhead, all, the, the God concept altogether. And then lastly, four things. I, I said three, I think there's four here. Uh, for he shall exalt himself above all of them. So he's really claiming a unique niche in this world of understanding. Now, let me ask you this. This is something that I, I thought was disturbing. I'd love to get your take on this. He uh, also has been referred to he's 
he he what he does is he gets up there and he speaks. A lot of times he has a self-deprecating manner. He'll get up there and he'll say, I, I'm not a prophet now. I'm not a prophet. I'm just telling you how the future is gonna happen. It's gonna not a prophet. And then he just goes up there and says these things. And Barack Obama reveres him as a prophet-like individual. And many people in the World Economic Forum are treating him as though he's a prophet. He is like their guru. They asked to speak. He's the keynote speaker at the World Economic Forum events. And when he got up to speak and delivered his most, in my opinion, uh, damning presentation, his most alarming presentation, his most like, ding, ding, uh, you, sir, are on the wrong team presentation. He asked to have behind him in the background, he wanted to have a picture of Jesus Christ behind him as he spoke and delivered this. So as he spoke at the World Economic Forum, you know this, Phil, you have an LED screen at your at your church there, Influence Church in Anaheim, California. You know, and you can ask, you ask, might ask a speaker, hey, you know, what do you want to have behind you at the Reawaken America Tour? We might put an image of the tour or Phil, we might have a speaker put their slides up. Look at the, look at the background he chose here. We are probably one of the last generations of homo sapiens because in the coming generations, we will learn how to engineer bodies and brains and minds. Now, how exactly will the future masters of the planet look like? This will be decided by the people who own the data. You just saw this here. There's Jesus Christ, our Lord and Saviors, right behind him as he's speaking. Phil, back to you, sir. Well, why, why would you want to invalidate your talk with a, a picture of Jesus Christ? I mean, if he's not real, if he doesn't exist, then that would be like me putting something up behind me that's not even real, doesn't exist. So he's obviously trying to diminish God and religion altogether. Uh, let's let's just take this guy out of reality, okay? So he's living, he, this guy really exists. And let's put him as a character in a James Bond movie. How would the crowd react to this guy in a James Bond movie? They would be horrified. They would. They couldn't wait till this guy was destroyed. He's kind of like spec, you know, specter. He just keeps surfacing in a different persona. And by the way, the reason they love him as a prophet is because the unholy trinity of the word of God is Satan, the Antichrist, and the false prophet. So you have to have all of these dimensions going on in order to 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 really kind of create the right kind of scenario uh, for your end time um, uh, scheme. Now, what I'm going to do is I'm going to pull up uh, your notes on the screen here. Um, and these are just powerful notes here. Um, one, these are all the biblical, all the Bible verses referenced on today's show. I'll put these in the description on rumble.com. Let's talk about these seven things you need to know here, Phil. You've got the rapture, you got the tribulation, you got the Antichrist, the Battle of Armageddon, the second coming, the great white throne, eternity. Uh, Phil, lead the way. Okay, well, let's just go to the tribulation, because that's the one that the section that occupies the most and the least appealing, can I say that, of Revelation. What is a tribulation? Well, it's, a, it's open rebellion against God, where all of mankind is just unrestrained. This happens after what the Bible calls a rapture, the taking away of the, the true believers on earth. And this is a period of seven years. Now, if we had three hours, we could go into why it's seven, but it's prophesied in scripture. And, and I know you know uh, Matthew 24 really well, but let's go to Joel chapter two and verses one and two. Here's another note, kind of a data point, right? 
blow the trumpet in Zion, sound the alarm on my holy mountain, let the inhabitants of the land tremble. Why? The day of the Lord is coming, a day of darkness, gloominess, of clouds, thick darkness, and it goes on to say, unlike any other. So Jesus is referring to Joel 2. He's also referring to Daniel 12, 1. And it talks about there should be a time of trouble such as never was as a nation, even to that time. And your people shall be delivered, whose name are found written in the book of life. Okay, so it's a period of extreme lawlessness. In fact, I wrote a book called One Nation Without Laws, a best-selling book. And I, and I really... God gave me a, a message about lawlessness prior to uh, the Black Lives Matter uh, marches and all the all the chaos that ensued preceding uh, what was happening and finally unfold with COVID. So lawlessness, that's what Jesus talks about. He says there's going to come a time of tribulation and it will intensify, Matthew 24, 21, into a great tribulation. Why is it called great because it great happens exactly at the halfway point when Satan, when Lucifer, by the way, motivates the Antichrist to, to engage society with the mark of the beast. Oh. So you see these transitions happening. Bill. Okay. Bill. I, this is, this is kind of where, where I'm at. And I'll just let everyone look into my brain for a second. People can judge and say, well, I, you shouldn't say that on your show. You should. Well, cool thing about my show is that uh, it's the uh, most time-consuming, least profitable thing I do, and I only do it because I feel called to do it. I don't do it because I'm seeking universal praise or positive comments. So I'm just going to tell you what I'm thinking. I feel like a lot of my life, you know, I, I started out as a young guy. I was poor. You know, I didn't have any money. I thought, man, I'm just going to kill the game. Turns out if you wake up at 3 a.m. every day, which I do, and you make a to-do list, which I do, and you're aggressive. You know, like I've been trying to buy the homepage on Rumble.com, the, the banner on, on Rumble.com to advertise the Reawaken America Tour. I've been trying for 13 consecutive months to buy that thing. And today, I just talked to the decision maker who could probably make it happen for me. So for 13 consecutive months, I've been following up on this to-do list. Um Last time I saw you, I didn't have a waterfall outside. Now I do because for 12 consecutive months, I harassed people and I built the waterfall. Uh, and so I'm just a very aggressive person. I'm not impressive. I'm aggressive, but I wanted to exit poverty. So I read all the Tony Robbins books, read it, almost everything there is to know about the fiat currency system, the collapse of the dollar, read books on how to win friends and influence people, soft selling in a hard world, 21 laws of leadership, think and grow rich. Uh, Laws of Success, Napoleon Hill, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, the Rich Dad, Poor Dad Investor Series, uh, the Service Profit Chain from Harvard, the, the, the Value Profit Chain from Harvard, read pretty much all the time management books Harvard will throw at you. And I feel like I've been building a sandcastle by the water's edge. General Flynn went out there and went surfing with people in uh, San Diego. And I see these people that right off there, off of the, the, the Red Roof uh, uh, Hotel, that's based in uh, San Diego uh, with the red one, the big one, wood one, the big. Uh, yeah, the Corona. It's I mean, a, Corona. Coronado, Coronado <laughs> Island. Coronado. Yeah, the big, big. There's a big uh, hotel. There's a big hotel on Coronado Island. It's it's legendary. Someone out there is yelling at me right now. They're going. It's it's called this. It's a it's a Coronado. It's a Hilton, I believe. A Hotel Del Coronado. The Hotel Del Coronado. So 
And I feel like I've been building this elaborate sandcastle. You know, if you go and you look this up, folks, there are some incredible sandcastles that they build. And I promise I have a point, but people will build these, these sandcastles and you, and you look at them and you go, oh, wow, look at this place. You, you see the sandcastle. I've talked to the sandcastle artist a few times and I'm going, dude, you just built the most impressive sandcastle I've ever seen. What, how are you going to protect it from being destroyed by the waves tonight? And the sandcastle man says, well, it will get destroyed tonight. And I'm going, what do you do tomorrow? And he's like, well, I'll build another one. Mm-hmm. And I kind of feel like that's what, how I feel about life right now. I feel like I've built a lot of sandcastles by the water's edge. Uh, and now it's kind of like everything uh, on the earth doesn't matter and only eternal things matter. Uh, how should I be processing this as a former obsessed best practice business building guru guy who's discovering that my sandcastles will probably get run over and I can't take it with me? Well, I think I think what you do is a balanced thing. Remember that on one hand, Jesus told us in Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 through 27, you know, to build our house upon a rock. And so you're doing that. Your, your eternal life is built upon this rock, which is Jesus Christ. And it goes on to say in verse 25, when the rain descends upon it, it stands, okay? On the other hand, he doesn't deny that there are sandcastles that are destroyed. And that is when we put our hope and our trust in the things that are temporal, that's a sandcastle. So uh, we're, we kind of have this, uh, this two worlds we kind of function in. We function in this eternal uh, world where there's treasures in heaven, but we also function in an earthly world where uh, actually money does help us advance the kingdom, pay for our bills, raise our children, do all those things. So God, God is honored by hard work, um, making money, establishing our future, as long as our hope remains in him. You know, a lot of people, they, they say, well, that guy has a really big house. Well, you know, remember, materialism and greed is not defined by your, by your zip code or the square footage of your house. It's defined by an attitude that you have. So I can be very poor and be very greedy and very, very worldly. Or I can have a lot of money and I can be very, very focused and on God and leveraging what I have for the kingdom of God. So that's what I would say about that. So what do our listeners need to do right now as they're uh, discovering uh, this information? I know a lot of people are discovering this and they're going, oh, oh, no. And again, I, I am I am drawn to watching all these videos of Yuval Noah Harari in a way that like, I don't enjoy them. But I watch. <laughs> I'm going, this is what he's been telling. Their videos, if you just go to just go to his YouTube channel. You've all know Harari. He sits down and he's been doing these conversations consistently. In 2016, Obama, Barack Obama says, Oh, this guy, you've all know Harari. I mean, this guy, you got to read his stuff. He's he he gets it. This guy, he's uh so people are discovering well, hey, for the first time. What should they be doing? Clay, I got a question for you. So was he on the radar at all, all before Obama? Um, let's, well, let me just do this real quick. Cause I'll answer your question by um, showing the listeners kind of where I'm getting this. Okay. So I'm going to go right here to share a screen again. I am just, I mean, I hate to compliment myself for being so good at sharing, but I, I, 
at least 40% of the time I share what I want to share when I, when I want to share it. Okay, here we go. So we go to YouTube. We go, we type in Yuval Noah. Oh, there he is again, this guy. Oh, it's everywhere. Okay. And you go here, we go to his YouTube. So this is his YouTube channel. This is not uh, someone else's. And we go here to videos. And we could sort by the oldest. So you sort by the oldest. And it appears as though, you know, eight years ago, which would have been uh, what, 15, like 14 or 15. Yeah. So all of a sudden he shows up with Obama giving him a shameless endorsement in 20. Uh, this is Obama. He's doing an interview. Taking a book recommendation. That's it. You do. You've just come back from vac vacation. You must have taken a pile of books. What, what book should we read? And he says, oh, you, you, you got to check out this book here. Uh, it, it's a sweeping history of the human race. Uh, he says it's a great book. And then he starts talking about the pyramids and how he has a lot of admiration for how the pyramids were built. And we got to look at the pyramids. He starts just going into this conversation with the pyramids. Pyramids live up to the height. They're magnificent. Uh, but as you're looking at the hieroglyphics and uh, you're getting the background on how they were built. So his endorsement of Yuval Noah Harari, this was 2009, 2009. And if we look up Obama presidency, so he was 2009 when he was president. In 2009 is when Yuval Noah Harari became relevant. So again, 2009 is when Obama became president. And then 2009 is when Yuval Noah Harari became relevant. Got any thoughts there? And when you get done there, I've got another little tidbit that I think you oh, might yeah. find interesting. Oh, yeah, go for it. So uh, I'm just looking on Wikipedia, that very trusted source, by the way, uh, and it is pretty good. Uh, Havari is gay, and in 2002, he met his husband, uh, whom he calls my internet of all things, whatever that means. He's also his personal manager. They married in a civil ceremony in Toronto, Canada. Harari says, Vespania meditation, which I'm not sure what that is. He began at Oxford when he was a student there in 2000, has transformed my life. He practices it two hours a day, and he undertakes meditation retreats for 30 days and longer in silence with no books and no social media. He has an assistant med uh, med uh, meditation teacher dedicated um, uh, to my teachers, but let's see, he goes on to say, dedicate my book to his teacher, could not have written this book without his focus, da-da-da. He is a vegan. Uh, that's a really interesting thing, too. I know we have people that are vegans for health reasons, but there's also a vegan for religious reasons. In fact, the Bible says in the last days, men will abstain from eating meat. Now, what's interesting about that is it's right after, this is going to blow your mind, Clay, uh, right after um, the, uh, remember, up until Noah, until the flood, men were vegetarians. And the first command that God gave to Noah when he got off the ark was to eat meat. Why was that? Well, remember, it says, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the coming of the days of the Son of Man. Why would God command the eating of meat after the great flood? I believe it was because there's something related to the weakness uh, that comes upon us without the protein of meat that makes us susceptible to false religion. Oh boy. So there's an interesting thought.
I'm going to give you the scripture here about eating meat in just a second. But what do you think? Are you going to be in San Diego this week or Anaheim this week? Are you preaching at your church influence church this Sunday? I am. I think I might come out there this weekend. I think I need to. I, I, I just, I'm telling you, I just, I, uh, I feel, you know, just, and again, this just you and I talking, somebody in the world's watching. I, I feel that this Yuval Noah Harari guy, if I were interviewing someone, I'm like, well, sir, uh, you're, I mean, I interviewed, I just, I just hired a new person today. Her name's Natalie. Okay. And you say, well, what did I hire her for? I'm, I'm hiring a new person named Jane, by the way. I think Jane's going to start working here. We met her at the Reawaken America tour. She was out there in San Diego. Um, I'm hiring all these people right now. And what I'm looking for, if you're out there looking for a job, by the way, is upbeat people. Phil, I, I, I look for, I call it the four, the four E's and a P. G- great energy. You, the second E, you energize others. Like you're the kind of person who walks in the room and the room goes, boom. You have great energy. You energize others. The next E is execute. Can you actually get things done? And the fourth is edge, you know, will you say to somebody, hey, I don't mean to throw you under the bus, but you definitely parked in the wrong spot. I need you to move it. Are you the kind of person that makes the tough call? And then the P, are you passionate about life? The four E's and a P. Do you have great energy? Do you energize the room? Do you have an edge? Do you execute? Do you get stuff done? Do you have a passion for your life? Imagine I was, if I was interviewing for the, for the Antichrist. I'm, I'm going, okay, so here's the deal. Uh, I've got, uh, I'm looking for somebody who openly blasphemes against God. Looking for someone who uh, abstains from eating meat, uh, somebody from an Israeli background, uh, somebody who is uh, doesn't like women, uh, somebody who is uh, you know obsessed with ushering in a new kind of time, a new era of time, somebody who uh, wants to be make uh, become godlike, somebody who's putting a technology in the body, endorsing it called Luciferase, you know, somebody who wants to try to be uh, imitate. God's uh, character of being omniscient, omnipresent, omnipotent. Remember, God is omniscient, omnipotent, omnipresent. He's everywhere. Uh, and they want to do that by putting the surveillance under the skin. Uh, Mr. Yuval Noah Harari, you appear to meet all of the criteria for the position we're hiring for. As the, we're looking for an antichrist. And you appear to be uh, the right fit. I mean, uh, this guy, what else could the guy, I mean, this guy meets all, he checks all the boxes. This guy's a sick freak, man. Yep, yep. Um, so first Timothy, let's see here. Let me see. I think it's first Timothy. Yeah, here it is. Okay. First Timothy, I'm in the King James version. Yeah. Uh, it says in first Timothy chapter four, verse one, you're going to love this section. The spirit expressively says in the latter times, some will depart from the faith check, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrine demons check, Gross. speaking lies and hypocrisy check. Having his own conscience seared with a hot iron, check, forbidding to marry and commanding abstain from foods that which God created with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. Okay, um, so we've got a few check marks right there. Um, let's see here um, on Havari. I'm going to get one more here. Let me look this up. I, I'm learning from Where's... the best. How do I... Why did you ask? If when he became relevant, why did why did you ask that? Well, because I want to know: Was Obama the kingmaker for Uvari? How did he launch into public uh, notoriety? Because remember, that tells you a lot. If he was basically a smart guy who was successful, but nobody knew who he was, 
somebody had to be a kingmaker in his life. I wonder if Obama was the kingmaker. Well, I you know, it's almost like you, you, it's almost like you build an influence uh, kind of a or a, a, a family tree of influence in the world. How okay, we've got this guy is this Israeli guy who goes to Oxford, clearly a smart guy. And all of a sudden he writes a book, he comes up with some crazy guys, he crazy thoughts. And then all of a sudden somebody like Obama identifies him and says, either by design or accident, this guy is pushed into the limelight, becomes the prophet uh, for uh, World Economic Forum. Because that's what appears to happen. Okay, First Timothy, here it is, listen to this. First Timothy chapter four, verse three, forbidding to marry, commanding to abstain from meat. Okay, remember, which God created to receive with thanksgiving, which them that believe and know the truth. Now, if you go back to uh, the book of Noah, and I can, I mean, the book of uh, Genesis uh, regarding Noah, I can find that verse pretty quick, I think, where um, the command to eat meat. This, I, I, you know, you say, well, this is kind of a small thing. No, this is all interrelated because one of the things that happens, I believe, when we, when we get into the last days, there's patterns that fall into a person's life and multiple patterns. And one of them, by the way, clearly is marriage is not important. All, you know, if you want to have children, why do you need marriage? So taking an institution created by God, first institution created by God in the book of Genesis, marriage, dissolve marriage. It's not important. Now let's change the game. If you want marriage, you can have partners, but they, they don't have to be male or female. They can be even other. And so we're seeing this crazy convoluted destruction of the image of God in mankind. That's what is happening in, in, with, the, uh, you know, with the public schools, uh, the government schools. What are they doing? They're, they're creating scenarios where little children are exposed to the destruction of the image of God. And that's really what's happening. And so what happens is now, and parental rights, we just published an article, whose children are they I mean, on American faith and talking about who really owns your children? Well, it's interesting. You own your children until they're born. Then the government thinks they own your children once they are born. So this is a crazy kind of times we're living in right now. Bill, I'm going to let you uh, uh, land the plane. I feel like I, I, uh, I feel like I took the plane up. I got the plane up in the air. Uh, the plane was uh, going. Uh, I think I hopped on the mic and said, ladies and gentlemen, we'll be uh, cruising. Out. Look out for the mountain. Look out for the mountain. By the way, you've all know Harari. Uh, you've all means just you've all the word you've all means descendant of Cain. And the word Harari means mountain. Just just throwing that out there. The, the, so I feel like I'm a ladies and gentlemen, we'll be cruising out to. Thirty thousand square feet, uh, thirty thousand feet up here. We've got uh, beverage carts will be uh, coming around here, and uh, Pierce is though we're heading into a mountain. I mean, I feel like that's kind of like the what just happened for somebody out there. Uh, I'll give you the final word, sir. What, what what should we be doing with this information? Okay, whenever we get like that mind blowing, too much stuff for me to process, oh, yeah. I like to use the word simmer. You got to simmer a little bit, and then you've got to distill a couple of key points. So what are some key points? Number one is we're living in the latter times. We don't know when the Lord will return. We need to be prepared for his return. How do we do that? We do that by following God with all our mind, heart, soul, and strength. 
Uh, we put away fear. Fear is not of God. The Bible says God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. So what you do is simmer on some of this stuff. And then as the spirit of God gives you direction, it's impressed on your mind. Follow one of these, but follow scripture. So you know scripture first. You want to know the legitimate versus yeah. get consumed with the illegitimate. Well, I, okay. I've got, I, Bill, I've got a Bible verse for you. I, you know, Bill, you... You're dropping knowledge bombs. I feel like I need to reciprocate with an equally uh, potentially great knowledge bomb for you in a, a Bible verse that that uh, I uh, uh, found uh, this week that that uh, was pretty impressive to me. Let me let me let me get it queued up here. Um, been just been obsessive really reading the book of Daniel. Give me just one second here. I just want to. Okay, here it goes. This is. Uh, okay, here we go. Okay, I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna get it. Feeling the flow, working it. Given a Bible verse to Pastor Phil that he maybe has not referenced. Is it possible? Can I do it? I want to do it. Looking for it. Click. Oh, oh, okay. Daniel 12, 10. And none of the wicked shall understand, but those who are wise shall understand. And in Proverbs 9, 10, it says, for, for the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Proverbs 9, 10. For the fear of, so again, you, you get part of the word, you get dumb. You don't get wisdom. You can just get dumb if you don't have the fear of the Lord. And again, if you don't have the fear of the Lord, you, you, you can't see it. You can't put it together. But Daniel chapter 12, verse uh, 10 says, and none of the wicked shall understand, but those who are wise shall understand. So, uh, so I think that's why believers are seeing it and the world is not. Oh, exactly. And, you know, just to kind of take your knowledge bomb and take it a, another level. Here we go. If you look at the, if you look at the next verse, and from the time the daily sacrifice shall be taken away. So there's a reinstituted temple uh, in Jerusalem. And it says, but it will be made desolate by who? By the Antichrist uh, in 1,290 days. How many years is that? Three and a half. The Great Tribulation is the second half of the seven-year period. So you've got what happens. Here's an indication that the Antichrist will make desolate the sacrifices established at the beginning of the of the tribulation period, and then he will take his seat in the temple of God, First Thessalonians chapter two, and declare himself to be God. First Thessalonians but, chapter two. Yeah. And you, what, what was that verse in Daniel you just referenced? That was the next verse at right after one you did. So it's Daniel twelve eleven. Thought I had you. Thought I had you. Thought I one up you with the something he didn't know but no he knows more that's why pastor phil is the man he knows these things he spent the time he's invested folks that's why i have pastor phil on the show it's next level now phil uh this is this is just an interpretation that i have from matthew chapter 24 which i know it talks about in matthew chapter 24 oh here we go let me read this yeah i spent almost an entire day reading matthew chapter 24 with pastor rodney howard brown <laughs> it's the most intense bible study i've ever i've ever done Okay, and it says here, so Matthew chapter 24, verse 15. Now, this is my unique potential interpretation. It says, when ye therefore shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, stand in the holy place. Well, in the Bible, the human body is often referred to as the temple of God. And if you go to timetofreeamerica.com forward slash revelation, time to freeamerica.com forward slash revelation. In 2008, the NIH began research into how to block out the God gene, which is called the VMAT2 gene. So if you go to time to freeamerica.com forward slash revelation, 2008, they've tried to block out the God gene 
the NIH began research on how to block out and manipulate the God gene called BMAT2 gene. And then in 2019, this is wild, December 9th, 2019, it was announced that the technology has been successfully created to use mRNA, quote unquote, vaccines to deliver the CRISPR gene editing technology that can block out the God gene. So you could be seeing an abomination of the temple of some kind. Maybe not the, well, the, the actual temple. I'm just saying we, we, these, are, these are some abominations going on up inside the, 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 the temple, a.k.a. the human body. Well, and, and keep in mind that the temple, as referred to as the temple, your body is the temple of God in whom you are dwelt by the Holy Spirit. So technically... Uh, the only true temple of God in, in, in the physical human form would be those who yielded to God and are indwelt by the Holy Spirit. Uh, you see, God, by his perfect design, designed you body, soul, and spirit. But it's, it's related to the tabernacle, which had an inner court, the Holy of Holies, a holy place, and an outer court. So there's a parallel that God does by design. He is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Temple was... Holy of Holies, holy place, outer court, you are what? Okay, now watch this. You are body, that's the outer outer court. You are soul, that's the inner the inner court. And you are spirit, that's the holy of holies. But Paul says your spirit is made alive when you give your life to Christ. So technically your spirit is dead, Ephesians says, in trespasses and in sin. So it's, it's like a TV set that doesn't work. It's there. You're putting power through it. There's airwaves going into the room, but you can't, or cable network going through, but it, it's not working, or you haven't turned it on. When you give your life to Christ, you turn on your spirit, human spirit, so that you can receive from God, and you become the temple of the living God. Phil, for people out there that haven't gone to your YouTube channel, uh, for Influence Church, do you talk about these things on, on some, some Sundays? Do you, do you talk about these things? Do you avoid these subjects at church? How does that work? No, we do. We deep dive all the time. We, we hit Revelation. We hit right now I'm in the book of Joshua, but it so relates to what we're doing. Uh, in fact, remember, the book of Joshua is going to usher in the darkest period in the history of judges, in, in the history of the world, and that's the period of the judges. And the commentary in the book of Judges, last verse, last chapter, Every man did what was right in his own eye, and there was no king in Israel. So what happens is we're, I think we're really, in some ways, we're living in the period of Joshua. It's a period of conquest. We have to fight to establish or reestablish uh, because there's enemies in the land. But we're going to spin off into a period of judges where there's chaos, um, and uh, we don't know how long the period it lasts right now that we're in. Uh, with with God and His kingdom, but we're going to fight. We're going to stand, and we're going to uh, proclaim truth. Oh, Phil, you blow my mind every time. I'm taking so many notes over here. It just every time, it's just Phil Hotson Pillar delivers the, the truth in the air everywhere. That website is influencechurch.org. Influencechurch.org. Pastor Phil, we will be in touch today, my friend. I want to come visit you. Sounds good. All right. God bless. You, Bye. I want to thank you for listening to American Faith Battleground. 